Let's take our Bibles and open to the fifth psalm. Psalm 5. The fifth psalm. This psalm will be quoted by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 3 and the 13th verse, which we will be dealing with in a few minutes. This psalm goes back and forth between David crying out to the Lord and asking the Lord to hear his prayer, and then describing those that God hates as a different category of men, then back to the righteous again, that the Lord will hear their cry and will deliver them, and then back to that wicked group again that God will judge and punish in this world, and then back to the righteous again at the end. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back to the righteous. And it reminds us of the great gulf that there is in the human race. It's a great gulf that God made. If it were not for God making that great gulf, we would all be the wicked and hated before God. But because He made a great gulf, He's made us His children on one side, and the children of the devil and the children of hell are on the other side, and He hates them and loves us. And this great gulf is seen in Psalm 5. Now, Psalm 5 in the ninth verse is going to be used in Romans chapter 3 as a general indictment of the entire human race, which reminds us that in a psalm like Psalm 5, even though it's talking about prayer and God being merciful to the righteous, when it does refer to the wicked, we have the liberty, as Paul showed us, to understand that those descriptions are of all men outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are not exceptionally terrible men, like psychopaths. We're all psychopaths by nature. We're, We're hateful and hating one another. We're full of malice and envy, living in foolishness. Paul said that about Titus and himself in Titus 3, 3. So let's rise together and read this psalm and worship the blessed God who loves the righteous who in fact made them righteous by His choice, and who hates the wicked, and He's made that great difference in the human race. And He's made it for our blessing and our benefit. Let this humble us to the ground, and yet put joy in our hearts that we're in one camp and not the other. Together, Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord, Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, 
in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions. For they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, blessed God, for a psalm like this. And thank you, blessed God, for the glorious, disjunctive, but we shall have pleasure at the 21st verse of Romans chapter 3 with another glorious disjunctive. A disjunctive is a conjunction that is not used to coordinate two sentences or two parts of a sentence, but it is a conjunction that sets in contrast or opposition two parts of a sentence or two sentences, and they are but. And we have a but in verse 7, and we have a but in verse 11, and those buts are our salvation. Because they describe the great gulf between the verses that come before them and the verses that come after them. And it is God Himself that made all the value in those buts. Praise His glorious name. I hope that you call upon the Lord as your King and your God as the first three verses describe. Then verses 4 through 6 describe God's attitude toward the wicked. He has no pleasure in them. Evil cannot dwell with him. Fools shall not stand in his sight. He hates all workers of iniquity. He shall destroy all liars. And he abhors the bloody and deceitful man who would ever bear false witness or misrepresent another person or do anything to the harm of his soul. That is God's attitude toward the wicked. It is a general classification of all the wicked. These are general descriptions of the total depravity of our entire race, including you, including me. Then back to verse 7, David describes himself, but all the judgment and the hatred that is described in verses 4 through 6 does not apply to David. But as for me, instead of being a fool and lying and bearing false witness and loving to shed the innocent blood of other men, As for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. Notice the tremendous difference between these two categories of men. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. And he asked the Lord to continue to lead him in his righteousness and to make God's way straight before his face. Then it's back to the wicked in verse 9. There is no faithfulness in their mouth. 
You'd say, well, I've met men of the world and you could trust their word. Well, then God didn't know what he was talking about. You did not know the full intent of their word. You did not know if the intent of their word was for their pride. That is not faithfulness. You did not know that the intent of their word was to gain the mastery over you by you thinking that they were men of their word. There is no faithfulness in their mouth. When God measures, he measures differently than you do. Their inward part is very wickedness. Notice, when they open their mouth, out is coming what you may think is faithfulness, but in God's opinion, it is not faithfulness, and in fact, it is very wickedness. It is not partial wickedness. It is not sort of wickedness. It is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Are those words familiar to you? This is Romans 3, 13. Their throat is an open sepulcher. These are the wicked. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. This is the prayer of a righteous man. And I hope that my private conversation and my public conversation and your private conversation and your public conversation will match the Word of God, including the sweet psalmist of Israel, that we will not exceed and go beyond, but that we will not fall short of talking about the wicked the way that David did. David was the sweet, sweet psalmist of Israel. He plucked the strings of his harp and made sweet music with Goliath's sword on his left hip and his sling in his right pocket. Let us speak as verse 10 speaks, but the only way we can speak the way verse 10 speaks is that verses 1 through 3 are true of us in calling upon the Lord, and that verses 7 and 8 are true of us, that we're asking Him to lead us in righteous paths and to make His way straight before us, and that we will worship toward His holy temple in His fear, and that we will come into His house in a multitude of mercies. This is the church we want to have, and this is the character you want to have. The character of this man right here, who was a man after God's own heart, and who was the namesake of God's own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not want to go beyond, but I don't want to fall one inch short of this description. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, For they have rebelled against thee. It's not because they have rebelled against me. If they have rebelled against me, then they're my personal enemies and I will forgive them. But when they rebel against thee, they are your enemies and I hate them right along with you. That is the difference in the Bible. When you read about places where David prayed for his enemies, it's because they were his enemies. But when they were God's enemies, David said in Psalm 139 verses 20. 1 and 22, that I hate them with a perfect hatred, O Lord. But, now verse 10 was pretty ferocious. Verse 11, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them be happy. Let them be blessed and be favored. Let them ever shout for joy. 
I want those that put their trust in Thee, O Lord, to always be rejoicing in Thee. Because Thou defendest them. I want You to destroy one category. I want You to defend the other. And because You defend the other, I want them to ever rejoice in Thee. Let them also that love Thy name be joyful in Thee. Wonderful verse. And it starts out with that glorious disjunctive. But, because there is a huge difference. The righteous hate the wicked, and the wicked hate the righteous. And this has always been the case since Cain and Abel, since Solomon wrote those words in the book of Proverbs, until this very day that we read Psalm 5 to comfort our hearts. Oh, brethren, I want you to rejoice. I want you to want me to rejoice. And I want all of us to rejoice together and to rejoice forever. I want you to love His name and to be joyful in Him. I want you to trust in Him and be joyful for the rest of your life here and in eternity because He will defend you. He will defend you in this world and He is going to defend you from His Father's justice before we enter into that world. Praise His glorious name. For Thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt Thou compass him as with a shield. How many degrees... Does a compass cover? Remember? You stick the little pricky point in and then turn the pencil all the way around. All 360 degrees. He compasses us as with a shield. Shields are only good usually for 75 to 90 degrees. But He compasses us with a shield and He gets us all the way around and He blesses the righteous with favor. Psalm 5. The wicked are described in here. And I have to preach to you about the wicked in Romans 3, 13 through 20. I have to preach it to you. And I have to get you and me into those verses and condemn us. But verse 21 has a glorious disjunctive. May the Lord bring us, bring us to it today.